I never really, I was just focused, just build the product. You know, I never really thought too much about the PR. That's like an afterthought when you're in the market. I've seen the value for us in doing it now. And I would do it for every future company early. And, and the advice I would give is do it. Uh, I know it takes time. I know we don't have a lot of time and, and we're all and all the rest of it, but you get a lot of value when we get now inbound leads. So from VCs, from, you know, hospital networks, from other major companies, that we, we're starting to get more of that coming in. Welcome to MedSider Radio, where you can learn from proven medtech and healthcare thought leaders through uncut and unedited interviews. Now, here's your host, Scott Nelson. Hey everyone, it's Scott, and in this episode of MedSider Radio, we're talking with chemical engineer and serial entrepreneur Peter Rains, who is the co-founder and CEO of Neutromics, an Australian medtech company that is developing a digitally connected wearable patch to track molecular targets. Previously, Peter founded BioCore Technologies, which developed natural cosmeceutical skincare brands that were distributed in over 1,500 retailers throughout Australia. Peter also had a successful exit in 2013. In this conversation, here are a few things we discuss. Making a great medical device is just the first challenge of building a successful medtech company. You also have to build brand awareness in the industry. Widely publicized competitions and accelerators are one way to do that. Two things to start working on early, funding and meeting regulatory requirements. If you fail to build a runway, you'll most certainly run out of money and the regulatory process has immovable timelines that can hold you up at great cost. Last, it's not just regulators whose approval you need. You have to convince a diverse array of committees and hospitals and healthcare systems that your device will save them money. Frustratingly, there is no one size fits all approach for this process. Okay, so before we jump into the discussion, I want to mention a few things. First, since you're listening to MedSider, you're probably aware of how expensive it is to run clinical trials. Anyone who spent time in the medtech space knows that you typically need to commit hundreds of thousands of dollars, oftentimes millions, towards clinical research. But it doesn't have to be that way, and here's why. Proofpilot is a new kind of hybrid clinical trial platform that enables you to run decentralized studies at costs that are 40 to 80% below traditional approaches. This is how they do it. First, you can easily design a trial in the Proofpilot Visual Protocol Designer using their extensive library of templates. Next, you can launch those trials to participants and virtual staff without any technical development. Skip the integration of disconnected providers because Proofpilot pulls it all together seamlessly. For example, you can recruit, consent, and retain participants, then schedule, remind, and collect data, often with minimal manual labor, manage site data in real time, query adverse events quickly, and review data and preliminary analysis within hours, all in one compliant platform. Get up and running quickly with an annual license fee and launch as many trials as you like with an unlimited number of participants. To get started, visit medsiderradio.com forward slash proofpilot. Again, that's medsiderradio.com forward slash proofpilot. For the Medsider audience, with an annual contract, Proofpilot will provide IRB approval for your first study at no cost. Some exclusions apply, so visit medsiderradio.com forward slash proofpilot to learn more. Okay, second, if you're into learning from proven medtech leaders and want to know when the new content and interviews go live, head over to medsider.com and sign up for our free newsletter. You'll get access to gated articles and lots of other interesting healthcare content. If you want even more inside info from medtech experts, think about a Medsider premium membership. 
we talk to experienced healthcare leaders about the nuts and bolts of running a business and bringing products to market. This is your place for valuable knowledge on specific topics like seed funding, prototyping, insurance reimbursement, and positioning a medtech startup for an exit. In addition to the entire back catalog of MedSider interviews over the past decade, premium members get exclusive Ask Me Anything interviews and masterclasses with some of the world's most successful medtech founders and executives. Since making the premium memberships available, I've been pleasantly surprised at how many people have signed up. So if you're interested, go to medsider.com to learn more. All right, without further ado, let's get to the interview. Peter, welcome to uh, MedSider Radio. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Scott. Great to be here. All right, looking forward to this conversation. I've been watching, uh, you know, what you've been doing um, with the with the company from from afar. So excited to kind of dig in and little, learn a little bit more. Um, I have personally have a kind of an interest in the wearable space, and so um, and you, I know you guys are doing some some innovative things. So um, with that said, before we kind of dive right into kind of your experiences and lessons lessons learned throughout kind of your your health tech and med tech entrepreneurial career. I provide a little bit of context, a little bit of background about yourself, kind of at the outset of this uh, this interview. But um, let's start there. If you can add some context uh, about your personal background um, and a little bit more about uh, uh, Neutromics. Yeah, sure. Let's start off with I'm a dad to three little kids. That's always interesting to <laughs> entrepreneur and dad to three little kids. Uh, yeah, so I started uh, 17 years ago, which kind of ages me a little bit, but um, <laughs> It's been a, a long journey, but, you know, probably the most rewarding, one of the most rewarding things we've ever done, I've got to say. One of the hardest things, but most rewarding. So uh, start, I'm, I'm a chemical engineer by background and started a skincare brand uh, many years ago. And eventually we uh, put that into pharmacies and, and retailers in Australia. So we had about 1,500 different retailers, which was um, really good distribution and and then sold that um, a number of years ago, um, started to work on a, another skincare brand and had one of those moments where, you know, I, was, I think I was about two years in um, developing that and really thought, is this what I want to do for the next, you know, five, 10 years? I like skincare, but I can't say that I was like massively passionate about it. And so yeah, an opportunity arose where in developing that skincare brand, I was working with a, a company in Germany looking at, it, this was a brand that was about skin health. Um, and so we wanted to quantify skin health. How, how, do you, how do you know someone's got healthy skin, right? So no one had ever done that before. And so one of the ways, uh, one of the, the factors is um, the antioxidant level of the skin. And so this company that we're working with, we're, we're doing a trial and they could measure antioxidant levels optically. And at the time I was reading a book by Tim Ferriss, The 4-Hour Body, and he talks about a micronutrient test that he did um, and he and made all these great insights and discoveries. And, and I thought, oh, gee, that'd be cool. Um, and I tried to do it. And the only place that you could get it done was in the US. And I couldn't send blood there. So I started to talk to this company about in Germany about whether their tech could monitor micronutrients. And that was a start. And from there, we, we realized, well, no one really cares that much about micronutrients. So... We sort of quickly discovered that. Then we looked at, uh, uh, and then my co-founder came on board, Hitesh Mehta. And there's a whole series of pivots and changes. And this, you know, you always hear it's never a straight line. And for us, it wasn't. And it led us to where we are today, which is monitoring of 
while a platform technology that can monitor any molecular target continuously and in real time. And that's a transformative technology. When you really dig into deep into that, you can change, literally, you can change healthcare. There are so many problems that are present because we can't do that today. And clinicians lack timely and actionable molecular data and people die. And that's that's just what happens. So, so that's kind of a bit of the evolution, but um, yeah, it certainly hasn't been a straight line. Got it. Yeah. And I can, I can completely appreciate uh, the kind of the multiple pivots and the, and the zigs and the zags that I imagine that you've oh, been yeah. through over the past few years. But yeah. um, when it comes to nootromics, I, I want to rewind the clock and, and, and dive a little bit more into like the, the early kind of what, what this looked like kind of in, the, in its infancy. But um, for those listening, provide like a kind of an elevator pitch on, on, on nootromics. I know you just gave us kind of a one-liner, but can you provide yeah. a, uh, tell us a, just a little bit more about, uh, about what you're doing or what you envision? So. Yeah, so so I mean, we've got a platform technology. It's, it's contained in a patch. So we have a patch with microneedles, and on the end of those microneedles, we put a platform sensor. And when I say a platform sensor, uh, what I mean is a, a sensor that's agnostic to the target. So we can measure, in theory, any molecular target. So the best comparator is a continuous glucose monitor. Most people have seen those. Um, so diabetics wear it. You know, transform the way diabetes uh, is managed, type one, but moving into type two and any well well-being applications. But that technology, as as brilliant as it is, um, just measures glucose. And so this is a, what we call the evolution of CGM, right? And we we call ours continuous molecular monitoring as opposed to continuous glucose monitoring because we we're broader. We, we're any molecular target. So our first market is. Uh, the dosing of a drug called an antibiotic called vancomycin. So very commonly dosed, one in five inpatients in the US get dosed this drug. Really problematic. It, it has a narrow therapeutic window. 60% of doses are outside that therapeutic window. 10 to 20% of patients get a toxic dose, often leading to an acute kidney injury. That's one of the top 10 killers in hospitals. It leads to chronic kidney disease. Um, it costs the hospital system $20,000 per patient every time there's an AKI event. It's expensive. The way that they, the, the technology is very basic, the way they do it now. And clinicians are, are searching for a solution. They do this every day. They, you know, they're all about do no harm. So when the patient comes in with one problem and they give them an AKI, that's obviously unacceptable and, and they know that. But they'd have no options. They do the best with what they've got. So there's a real pull for this sort of technology. But beyond that, this is a long elevator pitch, Scott, sorry. <laughs> you're fine, you're fine. Yeah. Beyond that, um, that's our first application. But we have much bigger plans. You know, As I mentioned before, this is a transformative um, technology. I don't use that lightly because mm-hmm. very few technologies are. But we believe in a vision of a patch for every patient. And we think that there is a value proposition and a utility, clinical utility to justify that. And that's where we're heading. So this is for triaging, for you know, early diagnosis of conditions um, like sepsis, anything that is fast moving, you know, getting a handle on the molecular targets is really important. And the fact that we can do multi-analyte, that's critical. So that means we can stream, you know, 12. On one patch, 12 different sensors for different molecular targets continuously and in real time, and clinicians that aren't hampered by waiting for lab results, which this is really problematic. When you're mm-hmm. constantly waiting for information to make clinical decisions, 
that's a problem. So this real-time information is, we think, is absolutely where we need to go, and that's what we're going to deliver. Got it. Got it. So this displaces. You use one of my follow up questions was around like what what does that what what does this replace? And and, and you, I, th- I think if I understand this right, you uh, you just mentioned it right. Like so, the physician that's going to traditional collect this traditionally collect this information via blood work and wait, you know, hours if not days for the yeah. results. You're you're able to monitor certain uh, certain molecular diagnostics in, in real time, giving them you know uh, that information um, now you know versus exactly. you know, hours yeah. later. Got it. I mean, okay. yeah. Cl- yeah, clinicians yeah. are under huge cognitive load. That's one mm. of the major causes of medical error. They, they are, they've got a lot of balls in the air. So anything that simplifies that gives them rich data in real time so they can they can walk up to a patient and make a decision then and there is super, super valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what we're delivering, exactly that. Got it. And we're going to get into some some of the, the the kind of lessons learned, you know, that you've uh, you've experienced not only over your your career but also uh, in a trauma specifically. But before we kind of dive into that that part of the conversation, um, you mentioned kind of a comparator to, to CGMs or continuous glucose monitors. That's the first thing that I thought of when I started looking at at, at Neutromics maybe six nine months ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, one of my one of my friends, uh, Doctor Anthony Gustin, who's a who's a, the founder of uh, Perfect Keto, which is a, a direct to consumer brand that's focused on providing supplements for people who are interested in the, in the ketogenic diet. He made a, he made a comment. I don't know, maybe it was several months ago that says like, look, the reality with, with CGMs is that you can eat a, a tub of lard, which is totally unhealthy, but it, it won't yeah. spike your, your glucose levels. Right. Because yeah. it's, because of its, its, mil, it's, it's a chemical makeup. And he's like, what we need is, what we need is, 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 um, is, is something better, right? Like a, almost yeah. like a real time kind of inflammation, uh, a continuous inflammation, uh, marker of, of some type. Right. And, yeah. and it seems like, it seems like Neutromix could, could be that. So with that said, have you, I know you're, you're kind of focused on, um, on certain, uh, certain use cases that you mentioned, but are, are you exploring this at all for like direct to the direct to consumer market? Definitely. I mean, this is, this is in our DNA, what you just said there, right? Like, mm-hmm. Fundamentally, we started this company, my, my co-founder and I, for the one purpose of focusing on prevention, right? Mm-hmm. We have a, well, not we, we all, I think most people agree, we have a broken system here yeah. that we wait for people to get sick. We've spoken to, to lots and lots of endocrinologists, for example, and we, we were looking early, in the early days about um, prediabetes. So what happens when a patient gets prediabetes what happens then? You know, what's the next step? Now, typically, what happens is that they're told to go away, eat less, and exercise more, which is of insight to zero people because we all know that that's, that's <laughs> that doesn't help anyone. And and then once they get diabetes, we'll treat you. Mm-hmm. Now that that's insane. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever, because diabetes is preventable if you catch it early enough. And once you've got diabetes, you know it, it's it's uh, it's really hard to reverse. I mean, it's it's you can go on ketogenic diets and Verda are getting great results, but boy, it's a lot easier if you can catch it early. So, you know, and we, we see that all throughout the healthcare system that it is a system designed to treat sick people, not prevent people from getting sick in the first place. There are diabetes prevention programs, but they service tiny fraction of the number of people with with prediabetes. There are 82 million people in the US with prediabetes. Mm-hmm. There is only a tiny fraction that you ever go through a diabetes prevention program. 
so we really want to tackle that. So, so we're looking at acute needs right now, just because it makes sense. People die now because you can't dose vancomycin safely and efficaciously right now. So, so that's where we go right now because that's an acute need. Where we want to go eventually is to prevention. We want to be able to tell people and have, have consumers self-empowered to find this information out themselves because they've got a device that can give them insights that they are on the path to diabetes or they are, they're on the path to a cardiovascular disease or one of many other diseases that there are molecular biomarkers early. We want to be able to inform them of that. That's number one. Number two, we want to be able to help them change their lifestyle. That's one of the hardest things you, to do. Traditionally, it's one of the hardest mm-hmm. things to do. It just so happens that real-time molecular feedback is great for behavior change. When people see personalized feedback, when I do X, Y occurs, and it's personalized to me, that's so much more impactful from behavior change point of view than generalized guidelines, which is mm-hmm. what we have now. We have the food pyramid, we have you know, eat, it, it's all generalized, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that doesn't change behavior. Real-time biofeedback together with insights is far more likely to change behavior. So going to, to, to what you're saying, so the food, right, is a classic example. If you could measure, say, glucose, triglycerides, and insulin, you could personalize a, an individual's diet really well. Like that would be the, the holy grail. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's companies like Levels that have been very successful. You know the guys there, Josh, yep. and, and, and a few of the other uh, co-founders, and they're doing amazing work and that's with glucose. That's just with glucose. They've got a, a waiting list of you know, 100,000 people. So there is an appetite out there from the market to look at uh, personalized diets, prevention. There is an appetite there, an unmet need. That We have a technology that can satisfy it. We want to go there and we will go there eventually. It's a, it's a process though. And we can't do all things straight away. But eventually that's where we're going to go as a company is um, a consumer device that does those things and helps people in terms of personalizing their diet, which is a big one, stress management, you know, cortisol, for example, is a great marker for that activity, um, you know, lactate and other things, uh, performance um, and sleep. Sleep is the other one, you know, aura, I've got the aura ring, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a great tool, but sleep stages is just something it doesn't do fantastically well and i mean that's that's they've done trials on and and so there's still a bit of work there so the ability to be able to monitor molecular markers of sleep stages would be a first we're on we've got some some targets already from that because then you can improve sleep quality not just sleep duration and that's something that's no one's ever been able to do before so there's some really exciting things that once you can you once you open the pandora's box of you can monitor any molecular target. There is some pretty amazing stuff you can do in terms of the healthcare system. Yeah, no doubt. I, l- I love that you're wearing the wear ring. I, I wear I wear one as well, and it, it sounds like you're familiar with what levels have done in, uh, here in the yeah. in the U.S. Yeah, you mentioned their their, their wait list, and it's, it's I mean it's impressive what they've been able to. I mean they're, they're capturing that 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 consumer demand, right? Um, that yeah. wants access to this this type of information. So. So very cool. With, with that said, um, we're, we're going to dig into, uh, uh, you know, kind of the, the early stages of, of Neutromics. But but first, um, you recently, you I think you recently announced maybe, I don't know, uh, a month a month or two ago, your acceptance into the MedTech uh, Innovator 
uh, accelerator program. Can you tell us a little bit more about like maybe about the program, but more specifically, you know, why did you d- decide to like do the uh, or, or participate? And, and, you know, would you would you recommend it for other other med tech and, and health tech entrepreneurs? Yeah, good question, because it's, uh, you know, it's US based. We're based in Melbourne. Before we started the, the this chat, well, I was mentioning, you know, we uh, we're in Melbourne. Uh, our all our meetings are with with the MedTech Innovator start at two thirty a.m. and go to about seven a.m. <laughs> you got to be so, pretty serious, right? I mean, it, it's got to be worth it for you to. Oh boy, you got three little kids, a business, a lot of stuff going on, uh, yeah. you know, and pulling all nighters. Uh, I'm sure I used to do that, you know, in my university days, but it's been a long time, right? So, <laughs> so there's got to be a pretty big pull, but you know, in our DNA as a company. What we've, you know, we, we talked about all those pivots and changes that happen because we collaborate really broadly and that helps us learn fast. You know, we're in a game, we're all in a game that you got to learn super fast and your success or failure will, will be dictated by how fast you learn in a lot of ways. So, you know, instead of constraining a lot of the knowledge, which I know a lot of companies do do, and I used to do it within the four walls of the organization, we we reach out and we we work with lots of different partners. And it doesn't just mean more partners means more acceleration. It's the right partners as well. So MedTech Innovator, the, one of the main reasons we, we went for that was that it gave us access to great companies that, that, that we can collaborate with. So like Dexcom and, uh, you know, there's a whole range of, in our, that's a relevant one in our industry, obviously, but the whole range of other companies and and so going through that process you, you get that and that that's great and so we really value that the other one is that there are 1100 companies that went for that go for this this is the world's biggest accelerator slash competition because it's two in one so we're down to the last 25 now and i think that there's a lot of great you know pr you can get from being successful in some of these things like you you know, you want to focus on building your business and and making a product, but there's also a place for attracting attention because that helps facilitate these collaborations. If you're an unknown, it's harder than if you, you you've got an awareness in the in in the sector that you, you're dealing in. So we find that you know that helps, and and we we do a bit a lot on like LinkedIn and and it's something that you know throughout my career. I never really, I was just focused, just build the product. You know, I never really thought too much about the PR. That's like an afterthought when you're in the market. I've seen the value for us in doing it now. And I would do it for every future company early. And the advice I would give is do it. Uh, I know it takes time. I know we don't have a lot of time and we're all and all the rest of it, but you get a lot of value when we get now inbound leads. So from VCs, from, you know, hospital networks from other major companies that we, we're starting to get more of that coming in. That's really good. That helps. That makes it so much easier for us to facilitate these connections as opposed to, Hey, you don't know me. Can, were you, are you happy to have a zoom call with me? And, you know, <laughs> and often it's no, because, <laughs> or, you know, it could be no or whatever, but yeah. So, so they're the two reasons. Um, yeah. It's early comes at a cost, but, but there's some pretty nice reasons to be part of it. Hey there, it's Scott, and thanks for listening in so far. The rest of this conversation is only available via our private podcast for MedSider Premium members. If you're not a premium member yet, you should definitely consider signing up. 
you'll get full access to the entire library of interviews dating back to 2010. This includes conversations with experts like Renee Ryan, CEO of Cala Health, Nadim Yared, CEO of CVRX, and so many others. As a premium member, you'll get to join live interviews with these incredible medical device and health technology entrepreneurs. In addition, you'll get a copy of every volume of MedSider Mentors at no additional cost. To learn more, head over to medsiderradio.com forward slash premium. Again, that's medsiderradio.com forward slash premium.